everybody? Welcome to the 514 Football Podcast. I'm Joey Alfieri, and joining me as always is uh, not my entire family, but uh, a good chunk of my football-loving family. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes lose the East semifinal in Hamilton to the Tiger Cats 23-12. to uh, Frustrating game to watch. Let's uh, welcome in our uh, panel this evening, as we always do, Frank Alfieri, my dad. Frankie, what's going on? Joseph, good evening. Yeah, I know. Or uh, things. Yeah, good. Frank and I were uh, talking at dinner, and I know uh, you watched the game again on uh, Tuesday afternoon, and we are recording this Tuesday <laughs> night, and uh, I know that uh, I think you were more upset uh, after it watching it a second time. Uh, I, it was a nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> the, the, those, anyway, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it, uh, we'll get into it uh, later on, but it was, yeah. a, it was a nightmare to watch. All right. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeff, what's going on, my bro? Yeah, well, we're doing this a little later tonight, so uh, let's try and stay awake. Yeah, it's uh, this is a ten fourteen <laughs> Eastern recording, and uh, I know you need your beauty sleep, uh, so we'll get to it. And the they only one of us that easily they don't look this sexy without that beauty sleep. Yeah, you know what they say, uh, face for a podcast. Yeah, and uh, Mike Gravino, the only one of us who played football at a high level, former Concordia Stinger offensive lineman, a former Nomad de Montmorency offensive lineman. Mike, what's up? Hey, nothing much. Nothing much. Okay, uh, so I guess we'll do uh, we'll do game balls uh, for the final time uh, this year. Anyway, I mean, I, I'd like to continue going with the podcast, and hopefully, uh, the Owls and the CFL provide us with enough content. But I think we can keep rolling uh, once a week. I guess where it's TBD, we'll keep talking about it. But uh, let's do game balls for the final Owls game of the season, uh, Dad. Why don't we start with you? Where do you want to go with your game ball after a twenty-three twelve loss? It feels kind of weird doing a game ball, uh, but yeah. let's do a game ball anyway. Uh, I was I was thinking of uh, on all three sides of the ball. I was thinking of offense, and I was debating. I said, you know, Jake Winicky, the numbers were there, but he had that drop ball, and I found that I found that 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 drop ball was what it was a, a, such an important time, such an important position on the field too. Uh, when he dropped that ball, and it was like the like the timing was. I mean, it's never a good time to drop a ball, but. Uh, I was thinking of uh, Trevor Harris. His numbers were good, but he couldn't protect. Uh, he didn't do what he was called to do, and that's protect the ball. Yeah, no thanks. Um, so uh, on the defensive side of the ball, there's uh, uh, there's really no one that stood out in my mind. So I uh, I'm going to go special teams, uh, even though they did take a lot of penalties. But there's if there's this one guy that stood out on on defense and on special teams, I found I, I found Marc Antoine. Uh, De Quoi played a played a solid game. Um, you know he was in on the uh, special teams tackles. He had that uh, quarterback sack um, on Jeremiah Masoli, and uh, no, you know I I found he played uh, he played a pretty good game. Mike, former uh, nomad de Montmorency, Marc Antoine De Quoi gets a game ball, I believe, for the first time this year. Uh, so speaking of any time a Montmorency alum is mentioned, we have to immediately go to Mikey for his take. Uh, but Mike, where do you want to go with your game ball? Yeah, I was going to give it to uh, Dequa as well, but uh, since my uncle gave it to him, I think I'm going to give it to uh, uh, Money Hunter. I think he played a good game, even though uh, the defense – I think the defense as a whole didn't play a bad game. I just didn't think they were at the height of what they were normally at during the season. Um, they, the, the offense didn't really get into a rhythm either, so it was really tough you know, on the offensive line, not giving Trevor, Trevor Harris time. And I also felt that Trevor Harris – was holding on to the ball a long time as well, so that didn't help. But, yeah, I think I have to give it to Money Hunter for this game. Yeah, had a pass breakup 
uh, a big pass breakup too and uh, four defensive tackles. Uh, Jeff, where do you want to go? Well, I thought this was kind of a, a layup and I'm surprised that neither father or cousin mentioned him, but it has to go, to, in my opinion, to Geno Lewis, considering he didn't really do much in the first half. He wasn't involved in that at all. And then the second half kind of exploded, had that beautiful catch in the end zone and some big catches in the second half. I know that's kind of where the game got away from the Alouettes, but I think he was one of the only ones that showed uh, like he was ready to roll in that second half and uh, got to give it to him. He finished with six catches for 127 and a touchdown. Not bad for a half a game's work. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because what did he have? Two yards in the first half? Yeah, two or three. He didn't have much <laughs> in the first half. On uh, he look, he looked banged up. He looked like he wasn't, uh, and he was. He, he didn't get to practice for uh, a good chunk of the week. He tweaked an injury. Injury, and uh, I thought it was going to be a long day at the office uh, if they didn't have Geno Lewis there, and they already didn't have B.J. Cunningham. Uh, so uh, I, I was uh, I was surprised to see how involved he was, just given how banged up he was in the second half. But I'm going with Geno Lewis too. I think that's where uh, it's it's too obvious to not give it to him. I respect the, the money hunter pick and the Marc Antoine de Quat pick too. I like those. Um, but uh, I got to go with Gino Lewis too. I'm going, uh, I'm with Jeffrey on this one. I just, I think he was so good all year that, uh, and it just, you know, he, he showed up in the, in crunch time when they were down in the second half. Sorry, dad. What'd you want to say? Joe, Joe, if you can, if, if you can, I'd, I'd be curious to find out why they didn't go to him at all in the first half. I mean, what changed in 15 minutes? I mean, if he was banged up in the first half, he had to have been banged up in the second half. So why so little in the first half and so much in the second? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not sure what the specific adjustments were made. I don't know if either of you guys want to jump in, uh, Mike or Jeff. If you, I don't know if you guys noticed anything. I, I didn't, you know, it's kind of hard when you don't know the schemes and, and the playbook. It's kind of hard to... Uh, to understand why. Plus, I mean, we, we have the regular TV feed. So, I mean, it's not like we get to see from the, the film angle uh, on every route. So uh, I don't know. It's a good, I think it's a good question that it's a reasonable question. I know they converted a couple big second downs to Jake Winicky uh, in the first half, but uh, uh, to me, I think kind of Winicky did a lot of the damage in the first quarter. And then the second quarter was a complete and utter disaster. So there wasn't really any traction there. And then uh, they realized they had to get the ball in their, uh, in their uh, playmaker's hands. I don't know, Mike, Jeff, I don't know if you guys have any uh, take on this or if you guys noticed something that maybe I didn't. Yeah, I think I noticed one thing. Uh, the big thing that changed was urgency, and I think that's what it was. You got to throw the ball a heck of a lot more. First half, they still tried to run stand back into the wall every single time, and the second half, I think uh, the game plan kind of changed. They knew they had to get the ball to Gino or the game was, was pretty much over. So uh, I think they got that jump ball in the end zone where I'm still stunned. I don't even Ridiculous. know how he came up with that ball. And then he had another few big catches like that. I think urgency and uh, the fact that Willie couldn't get going was uh, the big thing. I agree with Jeff. I think he hit the nail on the head there. Uh, I don't think they needed him at the beginning of the game, and he was banged up. You saw him like he wasn't uh, as quick or uh, in and out of his routes as he usually is. So I think they once they needed him and once they had to get it going on the pass, because uh, they're so far behind, I think uh, they were started forcing plays towards him just because he is a playmaker, even though he's not 100%. So I definitely think that uh, – Beginning of the game, they tried to feed the ball to stand back. It was working for center point, they just didn't score points. And uh, then they had no other choice than to, to go to the air. Stand back uh, for uh, those tracking at home 12 carries, 29 yards, longest carry, eight yards. Uh, that's less than uh, two and a half yards per carry. It's 2.4 yards 
uh, per carry, clearly uh, not good enough. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne also got to dress. Uh, one carry, two yards for Artis Payne. He had three catches, 33 yards. Standback had two catches on four targets, 23 yards. So uh, they dressed the uh, two American running backs. And that's kind of where I want to go next. And we can dissect the game uh, as we go here. Uh, but there was a couple of things that kind of surprised me um, in terms of roster decisions. So uh, first, I was very surprised that they didn't dress either one of the kick returners. Uh, Martise Jackson was healthy. Uh, Mario Alford was healthy. He practiced all week. Uh, and in the end, they ended up going with the uh, artist Payne and Quan Bray. And then Quan Bray got shaken up at one point, guys. They put Rodney Randall back there. Who I don't think he'd returned many kicks, if any at all. Uh, throughout the entire None. season. None. Yeah, well, he botched, Zero. The, he that was... botched the punt that they sent his mm-hmm. way, Dad. And, and, and so, I mean, they ended up getting Quan Bray back. But uh, I was stunned that they didn't have Alfred or Martise Jackson in there. That was a big question mark for me when I saw the depth chart. And secondly, I mean, Matthew Schultz, I know he's coming off an injury, but uh, he practiced all week too. And, and I don't understand why you don't have – uh, you don't have him there. I mean, the, the one game they went to Hamilton this year, he did make some big throws. And maybe, you know, with Trevor Harris, we all have complaints with the way he played on Sunday afternoon. I mean, you could have gone to Matthew Schultz at some point. Um, I'm just curious what you guys made of the lineup. Dad, maybe I'll start with you. Well, look, they, they, they obviously uh, gambled. Uh, they gambled. And, and basically by not dressing either Jackson or... Alfred, uh, that opened up a roster spot for Cameron Artis-Payne. The sad part in all of this is they didn't use him that much. And and I figured if you're going to put this guy into the lineup, you're going to mix up your plays. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to call plays that that are, you know, that that fit the type of player that that, uh, Artis-Payne is. And, And they did, very little of that. So, so, so they basically gambled. They, they, they sacrificed literally their, 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 their punt return, uh, knowing full well that, you know, Bray hasn't done much all season and neither has uh, uh, Reed or, or anybody or anybody else. And so they, it's as if they said, you know what, we'll sacrifice this aspect of our game and well, let's hope by dressing artist pain, we can create something on, on offense, but that, that just didn't happen. And, and last week we talked about it. We talked about it last week when, when, when I mentioned that I wanted coach Jones, um, uh, that a key would be his, his play calling, uh, creative play calling that, 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 that had to involve artist pain. And, and I wanted them to throw, look, I, I'm not an offensive coordinator, uh, nor do I, and I'm not an X's and O's kind of guy, but every single team in the CFL, they, 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 they you know, we watched the Calgary-Saskatchewan game right after our game. And, you know, they, they, they threw many a times a screen pass to either uh, Carey or Powell and, uh, and, and that's something that uh, I think we tried it. Did we try it once on on, on Sunday? And a stand back, drop the ball, or maybe yeah. twice. Yeah, they tried a couple times, I think, and there was a bad drop from uh, from stand back. He actually had blockers so, set up on that one to the right side of the field. Now, again, again, you know, they, they gambled, and that gamble 
backfired on them. Yeah, um, I think they overcorrected from the week before. They saw Atui had those key fumbles, and I guess they wanted Aris Payne back in the lineup. I'm not sure, but um, once you have like uh, a guy that could change the game on special teams like Mario Alford, you have to have a playmaker like that on on the squad. I mean, you have to play him. Uh, he could change the game in just one return. So even Martise Jackson, you have to have a return like that in the lineup, I think, in a playoff game. I think it was just an overcorrection. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, well, um, you know, when I first saw the roster come out, I was scratching my head. I was looking out. I really thought seeing Alfred coming off the injury, off the injury list, we'd see him. He's obviously the big, the most dynamic returner we've had in, a, in quite some time. But the more I thought about it, even post-game, looking back in hindsight, the Alouettes were winning this game only one way, and that was the ground and pound. And I think they knew they needed to have two running backs in. At the end of the day, they just couldn't ground and pound. I guess Cameron Artis Payne had a couple nice plays in the first uh, in the first half. I think he got loose on a, a catch down the sideline at one point, a couple mm-hmm. of some runs. But, yeah, I, I think Coach Jones, the game plan was ground and pound. They needed two running backs against that front four. And and uh, at the end of the day, the game kind of got away from them in the second half. And uh, that's what, and uh, and in the end, Cameron Artis Payne wasn't really used much. But I, now I'm looking back a little bit. You kind of go hindsight. Would it, Offered or Jackson made a difference? I really don't think so. Would it take two or three holding penalties on special teams, on the kickoff returns and whatnot? At the end of the day, you could have the best returner in the history of the league. If your guy's holding and they're going to bring you back, it's not going to change anything. So cut the penalties is what we've been saying all year, and they couldn't do that on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, they definitely didn't lose because of that. Uh, not not dressing Alfred, definitely no, not. But, but hold on, Mike. Hold on a second, though, because you never know. Like, this guy can That's change true. the game on its head. That's true. You know what I mean? Like th- these guys can change the game on their head in, it takes a split second for a returner to break the game wide open. And, and I mentioned it last week, uh, Mike, I-, I thought that this game, this game would be so tight that a big play on special teams might swing it one way or the other. And you certainly didn't get it and you didn't give yourself a good chance to get it, Mike. So sorry, finish your, finish your thought. No, no, for sure. Like, like I said, like Mario Alford, he's, He's like a he's a playmaker. So having a guy like that could change the game. You're right, but at the end of the day, I think the team as a whole just didn't play well at all, and I don't think they deserve to win. Uh, after that first quarter, they didn't deserve to win at all. They just got beat three three out of four quarters. Yeah, I, Dad, you and I were talking about this. I mean, they I gave don't, up. I don't points. agree. I don't agree. Yeah, I don't. Mike, I don't agree. Sorry, I don't agree. I don't agree. It's okay. You don't have to. Agree they give up. Me. They gave up That's twenty right. points in the second quarter. They gave up three Seven points minutes. the rest of the way. Yeah, seven minutes and 35 seconds in a quarter. They got 20 points, and then they kicked those last three uh, points when uh, on, on the last yeah, Al's uh, turnover. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all they did. That's all they did. That's all they did. We, we basically, uh, they basically got their points. Uh, you know, they, they didn't do anything for almost 52 minutes. For you know, a, a football game is sixty minutes. Now, I'm not saying the off the the Hamilton offense always has the ball, but Hamilton as a team for fifty two minutes, they're playing at home. They've got the crowd behind them, and they did squat. They you had the ball did squat, but for, but, but you had the but ball for, for twelve minutes, minutes almost. and thirty five seconds. That, who the Alouettes in the first quarter had the ball for almost twelve yes. minutes, and they only had three points. Agreed. Uh, but, like, but but. But that that was it. it look, there, there were there were certain aspects of this game where we got manhandled, 
All right. But our inability to score twice in the red zone was a huge uh, difference maker. All year. All right. Dad. And, and considering, con- yeah, all year. The, 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 the penalties, you know, 100. And we, we, we talked about this again last week. We said that one of the keys, they've got to be disciplined. They can't take too many penalties. They took, again, another 115 yards worth of penalties. All right. A and some of them field. were just, it was, yeah, a whole football field. And some were like bad penalties. Yeah, some sure. were, so some were bad penalties. And, and, and that, 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 you know, you put, you put those two things together, only those two things, not scoring in the red zone and, and, and the penalties. And, you know, that, that, that cost us the game. Yeah. Did we, did we lose the battle in the trenches with our, offensive line versus their defensive line yes yes but if we had scored those two times in 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 the red zone when you know it's it's second and two from the five or from the seven and they hand the ball off to stand back and he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage that's crazy i think it was that's that's just crazy yeah Yeah. missed a lot in that game it was uh, was I was going to set you up for it, Mike. Do you want to yeah. do you want to respond with anything regarding the offensive line you played there? Uh, I'm just I, I don't want to say anything too harsh, but I think Foucault had a very tough time. That that yeah. left side was a bit wonky, let's say. But whoever lined so up in Washington Foucault had a good so, game. So did yeah. So did Washington. Washington yeah, didn't yeah. look good at all. Again, no. is he hurt? Probably. I don't know. But but to go back to your look- point, Zio. Uh, like if you get that many turnovers in a game, I'm sorry, but you're losing the game. Uh, I'm Agreed. sorry. Like Agreed. I, don't, I don't. I don't feel like the Alouettes were the better team on on, on Sunday, and that's that's just my opinion. That's fine. I, yeah, but, I'm glad but, you guys disagree. This is good. And but I I agree with my dad, Mike, in the sense that you look at when the turnovers came. The majority of the turnovers came in the second quarter during that. Yeah, who, who's, for sure. Wait, who? Someone said the Alouettes were the better team on Sunday. Me and Dad, I think the Alouettes were. Well, no, but no. You lost the battle of the trenches, and it wasn't even close. Hold so you're on, not the better team, right? No. I think you're look, the better look, team wait, wait in the, for the majority of the game. Like I think yeah, the game. when you were poor, when yeah. you were poor, you were really, really poor. And I'm not saying they deserve to win because you can't just erase that second quarter. The game Correct. was lost in the second quarter. But to say that, I think Montreal played better than Hamilton for more than Hamilton played better than Montreal type of thing. That's, that's Montreal. How I exactly. I would, well said. I would, well said. I'm on with Mikey hundred percent. I would hundred percent. How many trips to the red zone did the Alouettes have? Two. Uh, two. Well, there was two and then they were knocking when, uh, was it the Winnicky drop? Was that the drive when they, they stalled or yeah, whatever? Two trips to the red zone, one on third down or second down, they hit Winnicky kind of, you should have made a better chance on it in the end zone. I think it was third down. And I, and the other one, was the first drive of the game. First drive of the game, they got all the way down. It was a beautiful drive. Yeah. A little think and duck. And that was when Stanback got tackled on second and two short. I was like, oh gosh, is he I knew he wasn't gonna go for it, but I in my head I'm like he has to, but he didn't. Whatever you take the points. But no, I agree with Mikey. Um uh, they lost the battle of the trenches, it wasn't even close. Yeah. I think no, no, if Stanback doesn't have 30 yards, you can't say the Alouettes are better for a majority of the game, in my opinion. Like it, the the whole game plan of Hamilton was to just not let William beat you. And and they didn't like they shut him down like it's it was it was tough especially because I predicted he'd have 150 yards on uh, last week but <laughs> obviously it looked like an idiot they should have taken the under on the 80 and a half uh, rushing prop we can't but, forget like uh, the, like in the second half they're playing not to lose they weren't they weren't 
they weren't actually going for deep shots and they were just wasting time and just playing not to lose. That's why maybe yeah. you see the discrepancy in the points, but that's my opinion. Yeah, no, you're, talking, it, you're, you're talking about Hamilton not, uh, yeah. not playing to lose. Exactly, they were just playing, uh, playing the lead. Okay. Well, look, I, I, I certainly understand. Again, I understand where Dad's coming from. I'm not going to say the Alouettes deserve to win. That's not what I'm going to say. And I don't think Dad's saying that either. I think we both. And realized, I didn't say that either. Yeah. yeah. No, we both realized that they. To me, they gave this game away. Like Dad talked about the Hamilton offense. The Hamilton offense did very, very little in this game. Mazzoli managed the game well. They didn't really run the ball particularly uh, well either. I think, you know, Don Jackson was okay. But you look at the touchdown to Banks, came off a turnover when you had all the momentum your way, uh, and then the game just kind of spiraled out of control. So I just I think that for the most part, the Owls were right there. They were there for three quarters of the four, but the problem is the other quarter, you were absolutely abysmal. Like you, It was your worst quarter of the season. And you absolutely can't have that in a playoff game uh, on the road. Um, look, we, we touched on it a little bit, um, but to me, it's mind-boggling that the thing or the things that you struggled with all year flare up again. We talked about uh, red zone, Jeff. Red zone, not good enough. Uh, we talked about penalties, especially penalties on special teams. That's what I wanted to get to, the breakdown of the penalties. Um, of the 12 penalties, 115 yards. Uh, there was one penalty on offense for five yards. There were four penalties on defense for 36 yards. Uh, three of your special teams penalties for 35 yards were on special teams. And then you had four penalties for 39 yards uh, during returns, which is yeah, absolutely that kills you. That's, that's suicidal. By, that's by, suicidal. By, by sorry, by by contrast, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Hamilton on special teams one penalty, fifteen yards. That was it. Hamilton totaled five penalties for sixty yards in the game, and I think most of them probably came in the first quarter and a bit. Yeah, our, our field position was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Whenever we we take a penalty on special teams, we started at the five, and we started at the ten, and we started at the twelve. Yeah, we, we always had the long field, uh, and we definitely, because of penalties, lost that battle, right? And and so, look, uh, Mikey, you played for football teams when when throughout the course of a season, uh, you know, uh, the the same problem reoccurs time and time again i mean you know who who do you point the finger to who whose fault is it is it is it the players is it the coaches is it uh, is it a system why is it that they can't seem to get their act i think they got their their act together maybe once or twice in in what uh, 14 15 games this season and all the other games they they led the league in terms of penalties penalty yards they, 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 you know, that, that's one stat that you don't want to lead the league in. And, and yet they're, they're the team that was the most penalized through, throughout the CFL season. Why is that? Why, why isn't it corrected? Who, who, who are we pointing the finger at? Yeah, you can't really point the coaches on penalties. I think it's the personnel. Maybe they don't have the guys to, to switch guys out that are really undisciplined. Or maybe those guys that are undisciplined are just the better players that you have to have on the field and you have to take a chance on them. You can't blame the coaches on penalties. Well, I, I think I think you can in the sense that, you know, the coach is not the one out there taking the penalties, Mike, but I think that you could maybe do a better job of having consequences to taking a penalty. I agree. 
I mean, they're pros too, right? You can't treat them like uh, high schooler. No, no, but high school or college football players. If it's a recurring issue, no, for sure, you have to do something. Yeah, you you got to do something. Somebody has a message, I guess. If you don't have someone to replace them, that's just as good or even close to being as good. You're you're getting paid to win games. Come on. I don't know. It's tough. I don't don't know. Me too. I I don't understand either, to be honest. Like the holding ones, like just don't grab somebody. You know what I mean? Like just don't don't push somebody in the back. You know what I mean? Like sometimes there's those close ones, but a lot of the times it's just a tug on the jersey. Or it's a clear push. I think even Spencer Moore had a blindside block. Like, yeah. come on, yeah. man. Like, yeah. blindside block. Spencer Moore, it's been a couple they, of games they just now. Implement the rule. It's three, four, five yeah. years. You can't blindside block. You know what I mean? It's like you can't do that. Like, yeah, I love his passion, but it's been like I think two, three games where he has some bad penalties like that on special teams, and it just hurts the team. I'm just, it's just things that you have to look at on film and try to find a way to fix it or change the guy it's, it's the bad ones that just i don't know let's the ones i don't like remember that. more i don't remember more taking a bunch uh but maybe it's just me that misremembers but i think it's just everybody mike it's like it's unit wide yeah yeah for sure it's for it's not i'm not just pointing the finger yeah, at yeah. some more it's there's just so much you can do there's just so much you can do as a coach when it comes to penalties but yeah it has to be bigger consequences because they had way too many penalties on special teams i'm not blaming mickey at all for that though <laughs> Oh wow, <laughs> Mikey! Mikey's still hoping for a job. If you're new, uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, Mikey played for Mickey Donovan at uh, Concordia. But but I get it because I think, I think it's the easy way out to say, oh, the coach has to do something. But uh, you guys know as well as I do that uh, you can't fire twelve players. I mean, you can, but you, it's tough to you know the, that type of turnover is tough to have. And I I wonder you know, the future of Mickey Donovan, uh, because after, and again, a lot of this isn't even his fault because you, once you, you, you lose a returner like Mario Alford, I mean, the special teams is going to suffer and they, they, it took them a long time to find another competent returner in uh, Martise Jackson. And then even he missed the game uh, towards the end of the season with an injury. So it's kind of tough to blame Mickey Donovan, but it's just, it feels like, uh, and I know we're all hearing the same things. And guys, there's been reports that uh, you know Kahari Jones is on thin ice. So I guess we'll move on to uh, to that topic. But you know, I don't know. We had Danny Machocha on the uh, on TSN 690 today. It was a real good interview. You can listen to it at TSN690.ca. And I asked him flat out. Uh, Mitch Melnick asked him as well. You know, is the coach's job safe? I asked if uh, if uh, there's going to be major changes. And he says he still likes the core, but he has to talk to Kahari. So. Uh, you know, is Kahari back? Is Kahari not back? I, I really think, and I know that if you look at the stats until, you know, near the end of the season, Montreal was one or two in a lot of important offensive categories. Uh, but I feel like, you know, the games against Ottawa, the game in Ottawa where you put up 51 points, that kind of propped things up a, a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I just, you, you guys watched 2019 as much as I did. Uh, you watched 2021 as much as I did. I just, I feel like the offense took a big step back. I feel like the quarterback took a big step back and I feel like the offense took a big step back. Well, I, I listened to that, uh, that interview today. Yeah. And the one thing that stood out is when he basically, uh, when uh, Danny basically said that the play calling was kind of, he didn't use the word predictable, but it wasn't creative. He lacks imagination, he said. Or he, he lacks said, imagination lacks, or, or something uh, along that line. Creativity yeah. or whatever he creativity, said. Creativity, yeah. that's whatever it. Whatever he said. And and that that stood out to me. Okay, that, that stood out to me because we know that that basically falls on Coach Jones's shoulders. And so I said, oh, 
okay. I said, all right, that's a, an indirect shot at, uh, at coach Jones, but, uh, okay. That, well, I think it's deserved. Uh, I think he's being honest because it's true. I, well, I they, look, they were creative in 2019 that they had all kind they had all sorts of trick plays. They moved the ball real well. They had big plays. I mean, they, they had to come back from a lot of deficits and they, there was none of that, like you, none of that this time around. You, you wonder, you wonder in, in 2019, how often was that, um, was that Vernon Adams type pass, like that, that desperate pass thrown up and caught, by a Gino Lewis or caught yeah. by a, a, a Jake Winicky. And this year, that didn't seem to happen as often. This year, when Vernon would throw, would put one up, it got picked. Yeah. Uh, so, so we didn't have those ooh and ah uh, plays. Okay, we had that one in Hamilton when, when they tied the game. And, uh, you know, Gino made an incredible catch in the... In the end zone, that was that was a like a uh, a flashback of 2019, but it didn't happen often enough in 2021. Mike, I find trick plays like such situational type things. Like it could happen that in, in a whole season you might not have that many. No, no, but not so not the trick plays. Like, but I, I understand being creative. Overall, yeah, yeah, overall, I mean, I, I I think Coach Jones is coming back another year at the very least. He's getting another shot at it, but I do think there might be a big change in the coaching staff. Um, if I were to recap 2021, there was a lot of emotions, a lot of a lot of ups and downs. I find it still a positive. Yes, it ended earlier than we would have liked, but uh, I like just taking the positive out of things. I think that we saw there are good things this year, and all things that we have to like the Alouettes has to have to work on. Um, quarterback is definitely a some like a spot that's up for grabs right now. It could okay, be that that we're saving for next week. We're saving, okay, we're I'm sorry. That topic. Yeah, no, no, it's so, fine. It's fine. But you're you're a hundred percent. You're on the ball. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say. Like 2021, a lot of ups and downs. I think it was a good season in some cases, and they do have to like so many things that we couldn't predict. Offensive line being injured like that all year round, and they still had a pretty good season. Like it's 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 a tough season to judge. I yeah, just I it know. feels like they sorry Jeff. It feels like they underachieved though, Jeff. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. well, I'm gonna take a a line more or less from another Jeff that we heard this week of Jeff Olson. And is it a case of Kari Jones wearing one too many hats? He's yeah, coach, that's a good point. coordinator, QB coach. Is he selling hot dogs at halftime too? Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure what else he, what else he can do. He has a lot on his plate. <laughs> he has a lot on his plate, and uh, I would really like to see him back. The only thing, it, co- it goes back to that age, age old, I'm not sure what the expression is, age old thing where you bring in the GM and he normally wants to bring in his own, his own coach. So, I don't know. I think Coach Jones was thrown into a disaster in 2019, and he was he got an A plus for what he did. I think he was uh, good, not as good as 2019, but still good this year. I think he deserves he deserves another shot, and I'd like to see him have a bit more support in the coaching staff uh, next year and not have to wear so many hats. Yeah, you're um, you can't. The problem is this this cap on your your staff, your football ops, and that that goes into coaching. So. It's a really good point that you bring up because it's something that crossed my mind. Uh, is it just, is it too much to be QB coach, OC and head coach? There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that he's got to do in all three of those roles. And I wonder if, you know, it maybe it didn't suffer in 2019. I don't think anybody saw the Alouettes coming uh, they caught lightning in a bottle too. And, and this year, 
And, and quite frankly, look, I think that a lot of the regression of the offense falls on the quarterback too, because the quarterbacks played dip this year. You know, even before the injury, Vernon Adams had some great moments, but there were other moments where he looked like a shell of who he was in 2019. 100%, 100%. And injuries, injuries on almost every unit. Like the defense was as a whole looked pretty good and not too many injuries. But when you look at the offense, you had your QB. Uh, both QBs at one point had, were injured. Uh, offensive line, at, at one point you had basically just two starters from the beginning that were playing. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, special teams, you lost your long snapper that you just signed, you know, in Pierre Le Caron. Alex got basically gone. You had to play every every unit on special teams, plus you had to long snap. It's so hard for guys, uh, for a team to, to get into a rhythm when you're losing so many people. Yeah, but injuries are part of every team's uh, dilemma. Every team has those situations, yeah, guys. True, look, look, the, the, the um, economics is going to play a uh, um, a big factor in regards to uh, Coach Jones's return. All right, uh, he's got a year left on his deal, I believe. He signed yeah. a three-year deal. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a year left. Uh, look, there weren't uh, there were a lot less people at Molson Stadium this year than expected. So in terms of dollars and cents, that's a, a lot less revenue. Now, would uh, would the owner give uh, Danny the green light to fire a coach where you've got to pay him his salary, then hire another coach and pay him a salary when, you know, they've already lost a ton of money during, during the season. I, I personally would bring him back. Uh, I, I like him. Uh, and, I, and I think the players like him. Uh, and, and no, I, I definitely bring him back for 2022. But like Mikey said, or uh, who was it that said it? Was it Mikey? Yeah, I think it was Mikey that said, you know, maybe, maybe his, uh, you know, the, the people that he's surrounded with, the other coaches, the, the, there might be changes there. But no, I'd bring Coach Jones back. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, um, I don't listen. I, I'm not saying that this is what they're going to do, but I'm giving you my opinion now. I'm with you guys. I would bring Kahari back for the start of the year, understanding that the leash is going to be short. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. I think, you know, based on what happened pre-pandemic, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, give him another training camp. Give him, you know, evaluate the quarterback position this offseason. And like I said, we'll get into the uh, the quarterback situation next week. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would give him another shot. But this is it. You know, like you're, you're going into the season as a lame duck coach. You don't have a contract. And, and sometimes that's a distraction in itself. So, um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, even though the offense took a step back this year, but uh, I need to see results ASAP. You can't have this, you know, win four, lose four out of the last five, win one here, drop two there. I, that, that's got to be uh, out. Uh, we got less than three minutes to go here. Uh, Jeff, would you want to, uh, would you want to add here? Yeah. Uh, speaking of taking shots and empty seats, uh, Tim Hortons Field looked a little light on Sunday and uh, I couldn't help but notice on Twitter and they were giving away tickets like candy uh, to the game. I hear the Hamilton fans are not so uh, hardcore no. after all, uh, not going because no, it's a bit no, snowing no. outside. I think that's we're what not, it is. Listen, we're not taking shots uh, to Hamilton on Hamilton. I think they did uh, They did reasonably well. Ticket sales were down uh, across the league, by the way. Even Saskatchewan. Yeah. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan had 24,000. Yeah, we saw the 000. game. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Saskatchewan, so, yeah. Tickets were down all over. I think Hamilton's a great football town. So uh, I'm not going to – we beat up on Hamilton a bit last Passionate. Week. 
plus uh, passionate fans, passionate fans. Plus Frankie has family, family, and I mean, I guess it's Frankie, <laughs> Frankie has family in Hamilton. I mean, we all have uh, family in Hamilton. Uh, shout out so to Zach Mikey. Melin. Mikey has family in Hamilton yeah. too. So uh, yeah, so I, I'm not going to take a pot shot at Hamilton, especially with the, the state of uh, the fan base. Uh, here in Montreal. Hey, and uh, I know we're wrapping up quickly, but yeah. dude, Simone's antics weren't that as big as I was expecting. Yeah, Simone uh, was okay. Did he get hurt there? Guy, Santos Knox, that was bugging me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was driving a little bit. He was intense, yeah. Yeah. So mm. we didn't even really get into the Trevor Harris performance. We didn't really have time, but uh, I guess we'll save it for next week when we evaluate the quarterbacks and we'll have other topics that we're going we're gonna to carry here over the next couple of weeks. But the quarterback uh, performance, I guess we'll get into it. Uh, next week uh, but guys it was fun uh, it's always fun it's been fun to do this and uh, like i said i hope we can keep uh, let's do week. fast fast joe can we do uh east uh, final west final predictions yeah sure we've got a minute left dad so uh maybe just let's go uh, rapid fire real quick what do you have argos blue bombers okay mike hamilton blue bombers jeff yeah hamilton winnipeg yeah i'm going hamilton winnipeg too i just i thought whoever <laughs> won this game whoever <laughs> won Whoever won Montreal Hamilton was going to the Great Cup, so I'll stick with that. All right, guys. All right, so it was fun. Uh, again, uh, thank you to uh, everyone who's listened and for the support all season long. It's really been great, and uh, we'll catch you next week. The all season is over, but we're not done. Take care. All right, guys. Have a good week.